0: Well, good morning, Bay Chapel. One more time, can we give it up for all our students that are serving today? What an incredible job. You know, I think they they just knew that since I was preaching today, they gave me kind of a parameter, because I like to move around a lot. And this shaving cream is boxing me in. And I don't know that I like it. I'm just kidding. Well, I'm so glad that you're here. And listen, you know. I know we're celebrating the young people in the room, but I just feel like everybody deserves a shout out. And so I think we should just do a little bit of a roll call. So we'll start out with those who we're honoring today. So if you are a student, let's say 18, 19 and younger, let me hear you in this room. Okay. All right. All right. How about my 20s and 30s in the building today? Yeah yes yes i'm with you i'm with you how about the sophisticated 40s and 50s baby Ah! listen the ones who deserve the greatest trophy of them all let's hear it for the 60 and (laughs) i love it i celebrate this because listen What I know is that our God is a generational God. You know, the Bible says that the Lord lavishes his love and keeps his covenant to a thousand. What? Generations. That's him and that's his goodness. And I believe that there is a reason that you're here and present in this very moment. And that reason, I would argue, is that perhaps you're needed For such a time as this, we're going to take a quick look in a book of the Bible called Esther. And so if you have your Bibles or if you're following along in the Bible app or church center, you can go ahead and make your way to Esther chapter two, because that's where we're going to be hanging out. And I encourage you to just take a look and read that maybe throughout this week. Read that book in its entirety. But before we kind of dive in, I really want to set this up for you because students, I actually believe that this very story and where we're going to lean in today is for you. But I think it's for all of us because right now where we're going to dive in, I want to kind of give you a little context of what's happening because where we we lean in, we are seeing a group of people and this particular book of the Bible is one where God is not mentioned once. Fun fact for you for your trivia people. God is not mentioned one time in this book, but that doesn't mean he isn't there. And we see his activity very clearly throughout the entire story that we're going to get to read. And what I've learned and as I've studied is that if his people are there, then he is there. If his chosen people are present, then God has the opportunity to be present. So students, if you are in a classroom or at a school where maybe the mention of God is nowhere, if you chosen one are there, then he is there too. Amen. Amen. But I believe the same to be true, whether it be in your work offices, In your families or wherever you go, you are the chosen one. And whether there is a mention of his name or not, you're there. And that is the opportunity for his presence and his love and his power to begin to show up. Are y'all with me? Yes. Yes. So it's not mentioned once, but another interesting fact about kind of this part of the story that we're going to lean in is that these people, the Jewish people, the chosen people of God, they are living in a city that doesn't follow Him or worship Him. And for a hundred years, for generations, they have been far away from the place that they have known and called home, and no one there serves or worships God, and they are in a space that is constantly, daily, trying to pull them into the lifestyles and the culture that they want to impose rather than making room and making space for them to then show up as the people of God that they've been chosen to be. And I believe that they are living in a world with people who are trying to change them. And students, quite frankly, you are living in a world where this everything around you is trying to change you and who you are, who you've been chosen, created, and redeemed by Jesus to be, Everybody else is trying to strip that away. And that is the world that Esther and Mordecai are two kind of leading characters of the story. That's the kind of place that they're finding themselves in. And so at this point of the story, the king of this city that follows their own God, the king is looking for a queen. And now we are going to meet where they are and what's happening. So let's read together really quickly and meet kind of these these leading characters. Esther chapter two, and we're gonna start in verse five. It says, now there was in the citadel or the city of Susa, a Jew of the tribe of Benjamin named Mordecai. He's the son of Jair, the son of Shimei, The son of Kish, generations, who had been carried into exile from Jerusalem by Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. Among those taken captive with Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Mordecai had a a cousin named Hadassah, whom he had brought up because she had neither father nor mother. This young woman, who was also known as Esther, had a lovely figure and was beautiful. Mordecai had taken her as his own daughter when her father and mother had died. When the king's order and edict had been proclaimed, many young women were brought into the city of Susa and put under the care of Haggai. Esther also was taken to the king's palace. At this very time, Esther has been pulled away from her home along with all the other women in the city, and they have been forced to come in to the king's palace and basically participate and compete in a beauty contest to be queen. Well, Esther finds favor with everybody that's around her, and she wins. She actually wins the contest. And so at this place and at this time, she is being put into a position of leadership and of power that God had really placed her there for. And as the story continues, we will see there's an exact reason why. Because at the very same time after she's been in this role as the queen and she's kind of leading in her role very well, The people of uh, all the Jews or the people who live in this city who are Jewish have now been ordered to be killed. And at this place, at this moment, she has an opportunity and a choice to make. And I think it's a choice that every single one of us find ourselves making where we have to kind of come out of what's familiar and what's comfortable and find ourselves at a place to say who am I and it may be the thing that causes us to risk our comforts, our safety and all that we had ever known. So what is it that Esther will do? Should she actually risk her position and her life after being named queen? At this moment she has a decision and I think you and I, we have it too. It's a choice when you're in school when you're at work, or you're anywhere else. But today, my encouragement to you and to everybody in the room is that wherever you are, it's time. It is time to start doing some things that may be a little risky and may be things that actually kind of cause people to look at you differently, but for the sake of the people, For the sake of the world that you live in, for the sake of the future and the generations to come after you, it's time. And I think there are three things before we head out on this morning, three things and reminders that I'm taking to heart and I pray that you will too, that I believe it is time for. And number one is this, it's time to come out of hiding. It's time to come out of hiding. As the verses continue and the story continues, we learn a fact about Esther as she was in this beauty contest competing to be queen. Verse 10 says this, Esther had not revealed her Jewish nationality and family background because Mordecai had forbidden her to do so. And in the spaces maybe in the classroom, maybe in that group of friends, it is easy to kind of pull back and hide behind maybe what's popular, what everybody else is accepting, but there is a fire that's been in in you since you've been coming to Zeal or since you've been a part and plugged into church, but it's been a thing that you've been kind of hiding so that you can present to everybody else what it is that they want to see. And in the same way, you may find yourself maybe a few months down the road, a few months past camp or 12 conference, a few months past giving your life to the Lord and being baptized. And after so long, you, you have become so comfortable or we've become so comfortable being Esther that we forget we're really Hadassah. That you've become, we have become so comfortable presenting before others what we think is actually safe and what's accepted and what's desired of the world around us that we begin to shrink back and hide who we we really are. And that is real in a world that we live in where everybody around you will make you feel bad about the God you serve where everybody around you will actually threaten your job or threaten your future or your chances? And will this be the time that you students or you adults in the room, that we all come out of hiding no matter what? Esther or Hadassah, she had to do it and she was faced in this moment with a very, very critical decision because she could save her people, which meant revealing who it is that she was and the God that she served, even if it meant that everybody else around her would take her life or want to take her life. So it's time, everybody, that we come out of hiding. But the second thing that I believe that it's time for all of us to do, it's time for us to make a choice. It's time for us to make our choice. Esther chapter four, verse 13 and 14. The story continues where we kind of lean in and Esther is faced with this choice. And here is what happened. This is Mordecai speaking to to Esther. He says, do not think That because you are in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish. And who knows but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. Esther has a choice, and students, who knows that you are in that classroom for such a time as this? Who knows that you're on that team in the office, that you're a part of that group on your college campus, that you are involved with that organization? Who knows that you aren't there, called to that place, for such a time as this but Mordecai makes a very valid point in this moment and that is Esther can choose not to show up she can choose to say nah that's not for me but his faith in God is that another person will rise to accomplish the task but it's it's your time to make your choice are you going to actually step up and risk the things that maybe are comfortable and risk your position and all of that? Or are you just going to kind of hang back? Are you just going to choose to play it safe and be comfortable? Are you just going to wait it out and just see maybe somebody else will come up and do it? It's time. And it's time to make your choice. And what I love about this moment and and this entire story is that we see multiple generations at work. Because just as much as this story relies heavily on Queen Esther, it relies just as much on Mordecai. And so I do speak maybe to the empty nester in the room or the retiree. Perhaps you are still here for such a time as this. Your wisdom is needed. Mordecai had to show up. There were things he knew that Esther did not, and this was his moment to charge and to challenge her and to every person that's not a student in the room, perhaps. Perhaps that you still have breath in your lungs for such a time as this, and it is easy in this world to feel like, I don't know that I have much more to give. I think my time's up. I've done my part. I'm going to step out. But I believe that it is time not only to come out of hiding, but I believe it is time for you and me to make our choice. To make our choice. So we do those things. We come out. We make the choice. And the last thing that I believe that it is time for it's time to risk it all. The world in which we live needs people, young and old, to risk everything for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It needs it, it requires it. In Esther chapter four, where we'll kind of end our time within this story. Verse 15, then Esther, She sent this reply to Mordecai. Go, gather all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my attendants will fast as you do. And when this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish." She knew that she had to risk everything to go before the king when he had not requested her. And this was her moment to decide, are you going to do it or are you going to wait for somebody else to show up and do it for you? And she decided that today, right now, if I perish, I perish, but I'm going to show up. And I'm gonna do what it is that I know that I have been put in this very position and place for a reason for. And I don't know what your challenge is, students, when you show up to school every day. I don't know what the challenges are in work environments right now specifically, but what I know is that there may be a call today or down the road where you may have to risk something or maybe the comforts of that next promotion may be at stake and we have to decide, am I going to choose what's comfortable and safe or am I going to choose to step out and represent Jesus with boldness declare who I am with confidence, and not hide behind what everyone else kind of wants and draws out of me, but what I know I have been created to be. That is the story, and one that I believe has many lessons for every single one of us. As we go out into this world, and students, as you come up in this world where generations will come behind you and what you make of this time, here and now, perhaps. It's for a purpose, and it's for a reason, and it's for such a time as this. I'll leave you with this one last thing. I got a chance to talk with one of the students here at Bay Chapel. And she, along with another classmate, the classmate, they are ninth graders at Wiregrass High School, and they launched a Christian organization on their campus called First Priority. Yeah, that's that's worth celebrating. And it was so cool. Because as I got to talk to Ellie, she was just telling me how they kind of restarted and relaunched this organization, how after a year or so, it kind of died out after the students leading had graduated. And they walk into this space as ninth graders and decide that they're going to relaunch this organization. And they have been met with some interesting opposition. At first, they ended up losing the sponsor, the the, the classroom sponsor, who said that they would be their advisor for the club. And so they had to figure out, what are we going to do? And they were able to get another sponsor. And then they were met by a teacher on the campus who told them blatantly, I don't believe in spreading stuff like this. This is real. And these students have decided anyway that they are going to go out, and they could have waited as ninth graders. They could have said, we'll just wait for a junior or senior to do this. They're, they're older. But no, and now as the organization is going on, they've got students coming every week, meeting together in this school for Jesus. Y'all, that is amazing. That's amazing. And, And get this, this is what blows my mind even more because Ellie and her friend as ninth graders They walked in equipped with what to do to start this organization and how that happened was from when they were in middle school as eighth graders and a sixth and seventh grader started this same club at their school. Yes, let me tell you. It's time, it's time. These students, they don't have to wait. They don't have to wait till somebody more qualified or somebody older, somebody more mature. The time is now. And perhaps middle schooler, high schooler, college student, adult, empty nester, retiree, I'm basically saying everybody, perhaps that the reason you and I are here is for such a time as this. If you are 18, 19, or under, I'm gonna invite you just right now. Will you just stand to your feet? I see you. Yes, we celebrate you. I just wanna be one to look each of you in the eye and scan across this room And even if online you're watching and you're this age, I I believe wholeheartedly in you, every single one of you. And I am not afraid and I do not fret when I consider the world that you are growing up in. You are chosen. You are chosen, every single one of you. And this is your time, right now, to come out of hiding, to make your choice, and to risk it all for the sake of the future. And I believe in you, and I believe that you are the ones to do it, and I am not worried at all. Amen. Everybody else who's not 18 and under, students, stay standing. I'm gonna invite you to stand as well. Everybody else, I believe that it is just as much our time as it is their time. The story that we read and the world that we live in now, as much as we need them, they need us. Esther needed Mordecai and Mordecai needed Esther. And every generation is here for a reason. And I believe that if we begin to live this out, to pour into a young person and to learn from a young person, then perhaps then we can change this world for generations to come. Amen. So, Father, we thank you for the reminder today of the great gift of your very presence and breath inside of the lungs of every being here. That you are the God of generations. That you pour out your spirit on the young and the old. And that there is not one person here disqualified because we have you. And so as we go, may we be charged with a confidence to walk knowing that the time is here and it's now to come out of hiding, to make the choice and to risk it all for the sake of glorifying your name and your name alone. We trust you today, Lord. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.